the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. This is an AM 970, The Answer. Breaking news alert. Well, this uh, this happened rather quickly, and boy, what a, I don't know, what a dodge it was. They said uh, that this grand jury of Donald Trump's was going to be gone for a month, and they weren't going to come back, and they didn't vote, and they weren't voted. And look, you can't really get mad at anyone, because this is all supposed to be a secret to begin with. And all of these leaks, even the one today, is, I believe, absolutely illegal. Um, A grand jury in the state of New York is a secret proceeding. And the fact that we know as much as we do is really not typical in in any way, shape, or form. Let me just give you a little insight uh, from my perspective. I spoke to Joe Tacopina yesterday. That is uh, the, the... uh, one of the two lawyers representing the president of the United States, the former president of the United States. Uh, the other one is Susan Necklace, two great lawyers, two very good friends of mine. But I mean, Joe, I know literally for 40 years uh, since uh, 1980 or somewhere along that 43 years, maybe now. Um, the when I spoke to Joe yesterday, he said to me, yeah, nothing's going to happen for a while. I may even be on trial with the the civil case before something comes down on this case. So even the lawyers of the person involved um, was kind of, I don't want to say duped, but was not hip to the situation. Um, again, this is his lawyer. His law, his, the, the defendant's lawyer is saying nothing's going to happen for a while. Uh, and then I was in a meeting just, I don't know, 40 minutes ago. And um, Joan was here in the office, and she just texted me and said, Trump indicted. So I jump out of the meeting, and I text Takapina, and I was like, good luck, man. You know, I'm here if you need anything. And um, he writes me back one word, which I told him I was going to quote him on. One word. You know what the word was? Insane. Um, I then ran out. Because Donald, because Donald is, I'm re, I'm looking at New York one right now with with you know the name Donald Trump everywhere, his pictures everywhere. Um, I I then ran out and I ran as a good producer that I am of this radio show. Um, I ran to get a special guest who hopefully will be joining me shortly. All day long, Professor Alan Dershowitz was in my office working on a case uh, alongside Imran, and then he left to go have um, dinner 
with his wife and Geraldo Rivera and Erica, his wife, and uh, Alan's son, Alan. But I knew what restaurant they were at. They were at Calari Tavern right around the corner. So I just jumped up and left my office and I went there. And there's uh, there were the four, the five of them sitting at the table. And um, they had just, just found out themselves. And I asked Geraldo, I said, Geraldo Rivera, you know, what are your thoughts? He said, I think this is horrible. I think this is a sad day. I think that the uh, the district attorney is blowing this way out of proportion for political reasons. And Geraldo worked in the Manhattan DA's office under Frank Hogan, I believe, in 1969. It was either 68 or 69. Uh, and he's like, it's just a horrible day for that office. And, you know, Dershowitz, who uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, pull anything from his, his remarks that are going to be coming up shortly. But he said... They indicted Donald Trump when he was out of the jurisdiction. And that is going to be one of the arguments that they make about how they get over the hurdle of the statute of limitations. The statute of limitations has expired on what they're saying Donald Trump did. This this fake uh, document about the, the retainer agreement and the $130,000 that Michael Cohen laid out. Um, so... One of the ways they were going to say that they got over the um, statute of limitations is by saying, well, we couldn't prosecute Donald Trump because he was not in the jurisdiction. Well, now he's not in the jurisdiction and they have prosecuted him. So that argument goes out the window. I believe what they're going to rely upon, and I haven't done the math, um, is um, I believe what they're going to rely upon is the fact that Andrew Cuomo, the governor, during the coronavirus, the COVID situation, whatever you want to call it, he extended the statute of limitations on all matters. I want to say off the top of my head, a year and a half. And that may get them in right under the wire. So um, I, I, I think that that's what they're going to have to rely upon. They cannot say, Your, Your Honor, this falls within the statute of limitations because we were unable to indict Donald Trump because he was out of the jurisdiction because now he's inside the jurisdiction. So um, I just, you know, we're all in a little bit of state of shock right now, um, only because it, like had this happened on Thursday or Friday or whatever, last Tuesday when Donald Trump said it was going to happen, that would have been a little bit more like we were expecting it. But the fact that it happened today when everyone said it was nowhere near happening, I think that's where all the shock is. I mean, just so you guys know, my phone is blowing up, like blowing up. Right now, there's a reporter on the New York Times just called. They just handed the phone for Joni. Newsmax wants me on. Fox 5 wants me on. Um, because everyone wants a little context. Everybody wants to know, like, what, like, what is this all about uh, now that it's real? You know, it was – we didn't know was uh, – Alvin Bragg going to withdraw the charges where the grand jury is not going to indict with the was the was the district attorney just going to ask for a report to be drafted by his prosecutors of the information that they gleaned. But now it's a real case. And um, so what's next? Well, what's next is what they're reporting out there is that it has not the the indictment has been voted. It has been put in an envelope. And it has been brought to, but it's sealed and it's brought to the clerk's office. So we don't exactly know what he's been indicted on. It is in the realm of possibilities. It isn't, it is possible that they did not vote on, they did not vote out a felony, but they voted out a misdemeanor charge, which 
is the world of difference, folks. It's the difference between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, a felony and a misdemeanor. I doubt that's what happened, but it is possible because it seemed like the case was much stronger regarding uh, the misdemeanor filing a false instrument versus tying it to the felony of using that false instrument to lie to the federal election uh, committee. So it's um, there's a piece of paper in an envelope in the clerk's office. Let me just be clear. No one's supposed to know that. That's also supposed to be a secret. When I was an ADA under Joe Hines, I mean, if, if you found out, if, if they found out, if Hines found out you leaked something like that, besides being fired, I mean, you probably would be prosecuted. Um, the sanctity of the grand jury, the sanctity of people uh, who have to vote out these cases is paramount. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's as bad as when they leaked the decision by Justice Alito in the abortion case in the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, that was that was horrific. I mean, that was a national crime. Uh, this is, I mean, I'll have Judge Cameron's open up one of the, the penal law books. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a crime to leak information from a, uh, that, uh, from a grand jury or, or leak the results of a grand jury before they're made public. But at some point now, they will call uh, Joe Tacopino or Susan Nicholas. I think they're more in touch with Susan because she, Susan Nicholas, is the lawyer who charged, who tried the Trump Corporation case with some of the same prosecutors uh, who are involved in this case. So I think there's a little bit more of a relationship there. But I think uh, that they will do that. They'll call her and, uh, you know, they have to inform her officially and that, you know, your, your client needs to surrender. And then there's going to be a whole um, collaboration and coordination between the Secret Service and uh, the, the, the court officers. The court officers, as many of you know, are led. Their union uh, leader is Dennis Quirk. He's the longest uh, union leader, definitely in the state of New York. He may be in the, in the country, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I believe he started in the 1970s as the leader of the New York State court officers. And um, he, um, you know, there, there will be a real coordination between the two of them to uh, those two agencies to make this run as smoothly as possible. My guess is they'll pull up um, a car right in front of One Hogan Place. What they often do here during UN Week is they put up these curtains so you can't see uh, when the person gets out of the car. The car pulls right up to the curtain, and then he goes into the building. He'll go into uh, the, the, the with the DIs. His lawyers will not be with him. He'll be photographed. He'll be fingerprinted. And then right within that building, they go to the seventh floor. And on the seventh floor, you walk across the hallway to another set of elevators, which will then take him to the Supreme Court room, where he will then stand before a judge with his two lawyers next to him, Susan Necklace and Joe Tacopina. And he'll be what's called arraigned on the indictment. And that means they'll be told what the charges are. Um, and he'll plead not guilty. And they'll set a date to come back. The only... Wild card in there is will they put handcuffs on him or not? Because typically they do, but I don't think they have to. And uh, they they probably, considering they'll be surrounded with Secret Service agents as well, probably don't need to put handcuffs on President Donald Trump. But in my opinion, um, this is not a good day for the American cr uh, criminal justice system. We got a couple of guests coming up besides this. We're going to have Dershowitz pop up. We're going to talk about opening day at the Yankee games. And we're going to have the chief of transit of the NYPD, Michael Kemper, come by. Don't go anywhere.
It was my fifth birthday, and my dad was bringing home the cake. Should have been here a half hour ago. The cake never made it, and neither did my dad. That was the day a drunk driver killed my dad. Daddy? Impaired drivers take lives. Think. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Aired in cooperation with the New York State Broadcasters Association. This is Mike Gallagher. Join me on an amazing journey through Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are going back to the Holy Land for the Stand with Israel Tour, along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Imagine a personal impact from exploring Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea region, and so much more. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. StandWithIsraelTour.com. So let's talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan. The bottom, bottom line is you should not leave this planet without having your affairs in order. And sometimes, you know, before you even leave this planet, you need to have your affairs in order if you're incapacitated in some way. So you should meet with the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan to put together your estate plan. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, health care proxies, living wills, estate plans. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is always the protection of your rights and your interests. They've been helping people just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you can visit them for a free, no obligation, free consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com and remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart or odyssey.com. So let's take a quick turn of events. Uh, Professor Dershowitz is in the waiting room, but you cannot let the NYPD chief of transit, Michael Kemper, you know, wait too long because he's got to go back out there and fight crime here in the city of New York. And I know he's got some good news to report. So, Chief Kemper, it's Arthur Idala. We could use a little bit of good news. Give us some new, some good news, Chief. Arthur, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. But, uh, you know, uh, how's it going? Anything interesting going on today? Oh, no, it's kind of boring day here in New York, especially down by like 100 Center Street. I don't know if you know that area too well, but uh, there's a couple of courthouses down there. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that are happening. Look, thanks for having me. Like I said, things are going good. I mean, listen, overall major crime is still down year to date in the subway system versus last year, a little over 10 percent. And, you know, when comparing to uh, pre-pandemic 2019, uh, we're down a little over 9 percent versus 2019. So uh, things are going well. I um I noticed that overall crime, I know the homicide rate dropped. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because that's so important. Yeah, so uh, in, in, in the transit system uh, this year, we, we do have uh, one uh, homicide, one murder uh, recorded uh, this year. It happened in uh, January. Uh, it was on a platform. Uh, there was an arrest made on scene. It was actually police on the platform, on the opposite platform that observed it and made the arrest immediately. Uh, but we have one recorded homicide versus uh, three last year at the same time. And overall, in the city of New York, the homicide rate is down. And the reason why that's so important, even though it's such a fraction, thank God, of of the crimes that take place, is it is a real indicator of crime. In other words, you could 
the the statistics regarding robberies and burglaries and sexual assaults even are somewhat fungible and you could kind of manipulate them. You know, a dead body is a dead body. And, you know, those, those are true numbers. So just tell us, Chief, you've been around for a long yeah. time in the NYPD. Tell, tell the listeners, what does it mean for you guys from a morale point of view and, you know, things working the way you want them to when you hear that the, 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 the homicide numbers are down significantly? Yeah, it's so important. So homicides year to date in the city are down 13.4% versus last year and, you know, down 10.5% over the uh, two years. And also, in addition to the homicides office, shooting incidents are down uh, 23.6% this year versus last year. So, listen, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort goes into it. Our cops are the greatest cops in the world, uh, and the fruits of their labor are paying off and paying dividends with these reductions. Well, I thank you so much. I will tell you, I took a quick jump on the uh, the D train going, and then the four train coming back to Yankee Stadium. And your your team was out in uh, in force, obviously uh, everywhere. And it was, uh, you know, look, just seeing a a member of the NYPD within eyesight of yourself on a on the subway platform, or obviously in a car, it just gives you such a sense of relief uh, that you're protected. I mean, there's there's nothing better than than having that feeling, um, and I ride the subways quite often. And I will tell you, I mean, I do see um, the members of the NYPD are are, are out in force, and um, it it seems to be paying off. Just tell everyone that it's this. This is not just me on my radio show, always bragging about how great you guys are. You can brag about yourself. I appreciate that, Arthur. Thank you very very much. Uh, is there anything we should be looking for? Let's let's deal with the elephant in the room. You got a, a, President Donald Trump after Joe Biden got the most votes ever in this country, and uh, he's now been indicted. Uh, let's just talk about it from a, a safety of the people who work in and around that area of the world, 100 Center Street. You know, how do you guys react to that? So listen, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. This is the greatest police department in the world, the NYPD. We're prepared for anything. So I just want to reassure you, reassure your listeners that uh, we are prepared. All right. Well, Chief, thank you for coming on. I, I, you know, it's one thing for me to read the good news, but you're in there. You've been in the trenches. Tell folks, remind them how long you've been a member of the New York City Police Department. April 30th will be 32 years I've been a member of the police department. And... Uh, I had to do it all over again. I do it over again in two seconds. Love my well, job. Surrounded by great people. We we thank you so much. And by the way, uh, Chief, when I did see your your officers today on the train platform, I thanked each and every one of them. And there's so many women. There's so many female police officers, uh, especially today around Yankee Stadium. And I was like, thank you, thank you, guys. Happy opening day. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. And they were so friendly and they were so nice. And that's a beautiful part about being here in New York City. And isn't that awesome, right? And and the and the, uh, the females on a police department have come such a long way. We have uh, females in the highest levels of the police department right now, commanding bureaus, precincts, uh, just great, great human beings. All right, wonderful. Thank you, Chief Kemper of the NYPD, the Chief of Transit. Um, now to be outdone by the NYPD, the one and the only Professor 
Alan Dershowitz is in the house. I interrupted him from a, a dinner with the great Geraldo Rivera and the, oh, their respective wives and Alan's son. Imran's here in the background. He holds up the cue cards, actually, just so you know. He tells me what to say on every show. So without Imran, I wouldn't be anywhere. So, Alan, what, what was your immediate reaction? When I was 84... It was a very bad year for justice, due process, and the constitutional law. It's a very bad year. I wish we had Frank Sinatra to sing a song about that. This is the worst case of prosecutorial abuse I have seen in 60 years of practice. All right. Now, Alan, here's, here's what I just wrote to Ben Smith of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what all the evidence was right. in the grand jury. So how do you feel so comfortable making that statement when you don't exactly know? Look, the grand jury is supposed to be a secret proceeding. Right. So we don't know exactly what was said in the grand jury. Well, first of all, we do. Uh, Grand juries are not secret proceedings. They're only secret from the prosecutor's point of view and the juror's point of view. Any witness can say whatever they want to say. And Costello has given press conferences about what he said in front of the grand jury. We have a pretty good idea. But the statute of limitations, I think that Bragg did about the dumbest thing by indicting Trump while he was out of the state of New York. He could have done that for the last seven years. You don't need to be in the state to indict. And so well, by well, well, hold on, Alan, just break that down for people yeah. who don't exactly know what you're talking. Okay. You and I know exactly what that means. But tell <laughs> folks at home who don't know exactly what you're talking about. This alleged crime occurred between seven and eight years ago. The statute of limitation in New York for a felony is five for a misdemeanor is two. They try to extend the statute of limitations by saying he was out of the state. There are two grounds for doing that. One, we didn't know where he was. You can't say that about President Trump. He was in the White House protected by the Secret Service. Well, the other that is he was continuously out of the state. The reason for that is you can't, you know, uh, arrest somebody who's out of the state if you can't find him. You can indict him. And they indicted him while he was out of the state, proving beyond any doubt that they just delayed this case. So if I'm the lawyer, I immediately make a motion for dismissal on statute of limitations, dismissal on speedy trial, dismissal on the ground that the statutes are inapplicable. Remember, these are two people, the attorney general, who we both like, and the district attorney of New York, who campaigned on the promise to get Trump. I named my book, Get Trump. Uh, because of that. And they rummaged through the statute books after being elected, trying to keep their promise, and they couldn't find any statutes that were applicable. So they made them up. And they got one inapplicable state statute, an inapplicable federally statute. Previous DAs, previous attorney general didn't prosecute on that. And Bragg says one and one equal 11. Actually, it's zero plus zero equals zero. Well, word around the campfire about the statute of limitations, Alan Dershowitz, is that they're going to use uh, Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo's uh, tolling yeah. of the statute of limitations during the COVID period yeah. to, to bridge the gap. Well, first of all, the statute of limitations expansion has to be made while the statute of limitations, while the crime is within the statute of limitations. Second of all, even if you extended it a year and a half, it's not clear to me. I don't think that, yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. I, I do know that that I believe is what they're relying on. That I have it on, on, on good no, I'm not surprised. Look, I'm not saying that there isn't a possibility that New York state judges who are elected and have to come home to their wives and family and children and don't want to be able to say to them, I'm the judge who freed Donald Trump to run to be your next president. No judge wants to be in that position. So they may win uh, in New York and they may win in front of a jury that doesn't make this a righteous prosecution. It is an unrighteous prosecution. And, And here's so, Alan, answer this question. 
Mm-hmm. I know, so I, I thought my phone was blown up. You should see Dershowitz's phone over here. It's kaboom, kaboom. And by the way, I, I messed up because of muscle memory. Um, my friend Ben Smith was was on was at the New York Times. Now he's at Semaphore. His the quintessential newsletter that comes out every day. And Ben has a special article that that is a must read. But Alan, um, it, what when people have write, written about this, they keep saying that if Trump gets convicted he can't run for president well, of the United just, States. they just don't know what they're talking about he can run for the president as long as he's 35 and he is 35 as long as he didn't participate in the southern uh insurrection against the north during the civil war and as long as he was born in the united states and lived here for a number of years so uh, eugene v debs ran for president while he was in prison Okay, so by the way, Alan, apparently it's already on Twitter that Alan Dershowitz is on Authorized Dollars Radio Show singing a song about miscarriages of justice. Good. Well, so you can see, you can see how. I wish how, I had a better voice. That's well, that's all. okay. You could you could work on it. So, Alan, let me ask him what what are the media appearances that you making in the next like uh, <laughs> just about everything? I had to turn down a whole bunch of them. I'm just turning on my cell phone now to do uh, Greta Van Susteren. Are oh, you doing Greta Van Susteren? And then I'm doing Hannity tonight. And then I had to turn down um, uh, uh, a lot of other things. Number, One last number, thing. I know yeah. you're working on a case with Imran Ansari. Just tell the listeners what a great lawyer Imran uh, is. Imran is absolutely the best. Uh, there's no lawyer as good as he is. Uh, now I'm going to say something that's going to make you mad. That's okay. But I'm going to do it on the radio. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. You've got to change the name of this firm to include Imran on the letterhead. He right. is so good. I know. Okay. I know. It's none of my business. No, no, no. I'm just okay. a client. But Imran deserves everything. All right. Whatever you say. See, Alan. you asked me. No, no, no. You no. asked me. I, I'll make you deal. I didn't volunteer. Can I put your name on the letterhead, too? <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Are you, okay, if I can put Dershowitz's name on the letterhead. If you put Imran on, I, you got a shot. I okay. got a shot. Right. You got a shot. All right. You I go do Ben again, Suster. Thank you so much. All right, folks. A little pandemonium here at uh, the Idola Radio Show. But listen, that's that's what these like, these that's what these days are like. Um you know, even I can imagine what Takapina is going through. I can imagine what Susan Necklace is going through there. I can imagine what's going on down in Mar-a-Lago. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back, and maybe we'll bring in the great Imran Ansari, who everyone says is the greatest lawyer on the planet. Don't go anywhere. When I was 21 It was a very good year It's Dr. Lederman speaking with 007 about prostate cancer. You're 007. The real 007. I was diagnosed in 2005 with prostate cancer. I requested a biopsy. Why? Going up, I got a biopsy that I had cancer in my prostate. And then the doctor told you, hey, you got to have... Surgery. Did your doctor tell you about Dr. Lederman and radio surgery? It's his bread and butter to operate. Not only do they leave the cancer behind, which is the most important thing, but you're incontinent and your sex life is kaput. I knew about your uh, treatment, which was very easy to do. Fifteen years later, your PSA is zero. My uh, urinary life is okay. uh, My sex life is very good. For more cancer information, call Dr. Lederman, 2-on-2-Choices, 2-on-2-Choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted, 1384 Broadway. Call Dr. Lederman, 2-on-2-Choices, 2-on-2-Choices. 
Let's talk about everyone at Plaza College. You know, today I was in a meeting and we were people were horsing around and things got a little lighthearted. And they're like, oh, I don't believe you said that. You better get one of your friends from Plaza College in here to take it all down. Plaza College is omnipresent. Besides all their other schools and the nursing school, the business school, paralegal studies, I want to talk about where they started off here at the Idala Bertuna and Cummins Law Firm. They talked about court reporting. If you want a cool job that gives you a lot of power and it gives you a lot of kind of prestige and a lot of money, if you do it the right way, a lot of money. We had Karen Santucci on the show. She worked in the grand jury, I believe, in Queens for years. Gave us a little insight on what goes on in the grand jury. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu, info at plazacollege.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at IdalaLaw.com. Idala Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you fighting for justice fighting for you you know what i fought for this morning i fought for myself you know i, I came back from florida i got this little bit of tan whatever trying to so i yesterday we had the wellness wednesday guys on we had ray and jason on you know what i did i followed their advice and last night before i went to sleep i put a little bit of the shea butter all over my head and my face and not a lot they said a little goes a long way and that's true and i banged that out and i woke up it was great Went in the shower. I still felt it a little bit on on me in the shower, but most of it sucked into my skin. And then I did something very special. I opened up a new fragrance, lavender. And you know what lavender is? If you've ever been lucky enough to go to a spa, to go get a massage, one of those spa joints, and there's that smell, that spa smell, that's what the lavender shea butter smells like. So when you put it on your body, you're feeling like you're getting, you, you did the whole spa thing. I used the black liquid soap. You guys know that if you, you work out, which I'm going to have to do now because June 22nd, I have a very big day, so I got to get skinny, as does Imran, because we got to kick some butt on June 22nd. We'll use the icy pot to soothe those aching muscles. The young ladies use the Helixer. Hempleaf, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F dot com, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-L-I-E-F dot com, Hempleaf dot com, and mention the name Arthur at checkout and receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
Well, we're not dancing in the dark. We're dancing in the light. Uh, Bruce is going to be in town next week. This is off of uh, Born in the USA. Imran, from a lawyer's point of view, a uh, guy who's worked in the DA's office and, and, and has done criminal defense work, you know, tell the listeners, like, the adrenaline rush, that even though we're not part of this case specifically, like, what that feeling is like. Well, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Uh, because, you know, this is really unprecedented. So, of course, the public has all eyes on this. We as Americans, we as the, the world is wondering what's going on here and how this is going to play out. But as attorneys, this is something which is so unprecedented. And we heard uh, Professor Dershowitz really opining and singing his song about, you know, this in many eyes is uh, considered a, not a just Indictment, and I think we're going to have to see how it's playing out, uh, what the the uh, the evidence is against the former president, and of course how his defense team is going to be coming in and defending against it. But talk about more personal. Just take off your TV voice for a second, okay? It's me you're talking to. There's no one else here. About like like right now, you're on a high right now, right? You just did Fox Five. You're, you're going to be live with Kevin McCullough on, and then, then the next show. Like, just what does that feel like? What, that, with this news? Yeah, yeah, right yeah. now for you, not for President Trump, not the president. What does it feel like for you? Well, as a you know, as an attorney, it's it's just it's crazy. Right, right? it's like exciting. You, you know what Tacopina texted me? What's that? When it broke, when when uh, what's her name again? That's Joan. When Joan said to me, I was in that meeting inside, um, and she said Trump indicted. I jumped out of the meeting, and I texted Tacopina immediately, and he wrote me right. one word: insane. Wow. Well, I, I mean, that's I spoke what, to that's him. What captures I spoke to him yesterday. Word. I was standing right there. I spoke to him yesterday. He goes, "Yeah, no, nothing's happened until a couple of weeks from now." So right. I got some time to breathe, and da 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 da. And then this happens today. Yeah. But like when it happens, it's like, bubble, bubble. Okay, you got to go in that like mode, right? Right. right. And and now that you've broken me out of my TV voice, there, Arthur. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just I'm just fearful. Uh, I got to say, I'm really fearful because we're such a polarized country as it is. Uh, and, you know, you talk about, you know, we want the city to thrive. We want the country to thrive. And what I don't like is that when there's division and if this is going to divide us more as a country uh, where we're not showing a unified force to the rest of the world. Right. You got Putin laughing. You got China all laughing at that. And that doesn't serve us as Americans. Well, now right? we see. They, see when the TV voice disappears, how good you are. I don't, I agree with you 100. percent I, I I bet you. I don't know this for a fact. I bet you uh, Eric Adams is not is not happy right now. He doesn't need this. You know what the 100 Center Street is going to look like? It's going to be crazy. Oh yeah, my God! It's going to be nuts. Oh, it's going to make when we right. try to Harvey Weinstein. That was going to be a joke compared to yeah, what's going to yeah. happen here. DSK is going to be a joke compared to what. There was nothing happening yesterday when I had to go there, and there were dozens and dozens of cameras and reporters, and they were told nothing's happening today. Well, I guess they were smart to show up because something did happen. All right, Imran, I know you're a very busy guy. You're very much in demand. Is there anything you? Oh, I have a Jeopardy question for you. Imran wants Let's to go, go on Jeopardy. Let's go. Um, name me. I think it's the only professional sports team named after a piece of equipment to play that sport. Oh, God. Wow. Now I don't want to burn up airtime here. Something with a puck? You don't have to go no. far. The, oh. You don't have to go far. Jeez. The only no. professional sports team in any sports named after a piece of equipment or a piece of apparatus that when you play the sports. Go ahead. Keep going. Go ahead. All right. Giants, Jets, Rangers, Islanders, Mets, Yankees. Go ahead. 
Knicks. Nets? <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, the only team. So I found that. I read that somewhere yesterday. I was like, oh, Imran needs the answer to this question. Right, right. It could be, what are the Brooklyn Nets? Alex? Yeah. Oh, poor and that Alex. would be my downfall on Jeopardy, and I would be forever, uh, you know, kicking myself. All right, go kick yourself out of here because I don't want you to get in trouble. I know everybody wants you. Thank you, Imran, for finding the time. Thanks, and, thanks for having and, me. It's been a long day, too. Listen, it's up to Dershowitz. If he puts his name on the letterhead, you're, you're you right go. after him. You all right going after Dershowitz? Or? I'm fine with that. All right, yeah. all right, all right. All right, folks, only here on the Idola Power Hour. You got uh, – the uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, you have the Professor Imran Ansari, you have uh, the NYPD Chief of Transit, uh, uh, Chief Kemper, who is really, really very nice of him to find the time to come on. He's he's very busy. And look, um, you know, when Imran said, oh, Joni wants on, when Imran said that he's afraid, I don't disagree with him at all. I don't either. Um, it's no secret that I have very, very, very good friends who work uh, in that building. Lionel Hayes, who's one of the clerks, he and I went to Poly Prep together. We, we worked at Poly Prep summer camp together. He's right there in the front hallway when you first walk in. If some moron wanted to do something stupid, he's right in the line of fire. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. I don't want to give anyone any ideas, but it's very scary. Um, and um, I just think it's unnecessary. I mean, again, I, I know... I travel in different circles maybe than others do, but between like the people I know through Ariana, who's one, and Luca, who's 16, from people I know in the law to people I know in the world of entertainment, I've yet to find anyone who's like excited about this. Like, oh, this is great. They indicted Trump. Yes. Were there a couple of people? And when I say a couple, 12 Outside of 100 Center Street with pictures of Trump and like with handcuffs and he should be locked up. And and maybe there are reasons why Donald Trump should be arrested. However, it doesn't appear that these are the types of charges that should not only take down a former president of the United States, but take down a current presidential candidate and... That's what's called prosecutorial discretion. You have discretion. And the discretion is to decide, um, you know, who you want to talk to. I'm sorry, who you want to talk to, who who you want to prosecute and who you don't. And Alvin Bragg has been using that discretion nonstop, nonstop to lower crimes, to lower offers, to when a police officer arrests someone for robbery in the first degree, he's telling people lower it to a misdemeanor charge so they're facing less jail time, if any jail time at all. So, and, and that day one memo, folks, go back and Google it. Go back and look up Alvin Bragg day one memo and look what's in there and juxtapose it against what happened here with Donald Trump. And remember one last thing. How did this whole thing start with Stormy Daniels? It started as a shakedown of Donald Trump. Let's just say they did have the affair, a consensual connection, physical, sexual connection, consensual. And she says, if you don't give me money, I'm going to tell your wife and I'm going to tell the world and it's going to hurt your your possibility to run for office. She started this. Is anyone going to prosecute her? Find a way to get around the statute of limitations to go after her for some type of extortion, some type of blackmail? You know, that ain't happening. 
you have to look at the genesis of things. And uh, it's just, I know a lot of people in that office. I know people were shaking their heads about the, 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 the track that Alvin Bragg has taken. And the, pro- the problem is, for Donald Trump, you're going to get a, a, a trial by your peers in a town that I think 82 or 88% voted against him in the, in the county of Manhattan, county of New York. Good luck. I think what happened was Alvin Bragg saw how easy it was to get the Trump Corporation convicted and said, huh, maybe I was wrong when I came into office and said, I'm not going to go after Trump. If it's going to be this easy, why not? I'll make history. I could maybe become a national figure from the Manhattan DA's office. And maybe I'll run for president of the United States. Who knows? But in my opinion, it stinks. We'll be right back. We'll talk about the Yankees. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Today, the fastest growing religion is no religion at all. Do you think religion is good for the world? It only causes troubles and war. This is Kevin Sorbo. In the new movie, Irreligious Nation, my family and I travel to Israel to explore our faith and how lack of religion is affecting our culture and society worldwide. If God exists, is he even relevant today? Is God obsolete? Watch Irreligious Nation at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So let's talk about Joe Piscopo, whose show I'll be on tomorrow morning at 7.05, thanks to the great Joe Sibilia. Let me guess what topic we'll be talking about at tomorrow at 7.05. Well, if you want uh, more of Joe Piscopo, face-to-face Joe Piscopo, look at your calendars and mark down the dates October 18th to October the 28th, because you won't just be hanging out with Joe Piscopo anywhere. You'll be in Italy, Italia e Sicilia con Giuseppe Piscopo. Let me tell you about the tour. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza de Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. That's the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. You're going to go to Mount Etna, drink some wine there. You're going to go to some of the towns where they shot the movie The Godfather. It'll be a trip you'll remember for years. And when you're in Rome, you're going to have that special dinner with Joe where he'll entertain you with songs and jokes, and he's just great. Call Perillo Tours, 1-800-431-1515, 800-431-1515. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. So call 1-800-431-1515. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Go online to PerilloTours.com and check it out for yourself. Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer. I thought the love it, the love one, I 
It definitely doesn't sound like it's a slam dunk for sure. Yeah, that's not uh, not with this jury pool. And the problem is, if you ask for a change of venue, it's very rarely granted. The biggest one I remember was when um, the police officers who um, killed someone—I don't—I uh, think it was forty-one shots. Who was forty-one shots? Uh, not Abner Louima, but. Oh, my friend from Staten Island texted to me momentarily. Um, my God. Diallo, right? Amadou Diallo. Um, they got to change the venue because it was such a um, hot button case here in New York that New York City, they said, okay, it's not as big of a deal in, I believe it was Albany, and they went up to Albany and they tried the case in Albany, and sure enough, the police officers were acquitted, whereas here, uh, they would have been facing a jury that was so inundated with media reports about what took place um, that they would it would be very difficult to get a fair trial. Look, let's talk about Donald Trump getting a fair trial and how hard it is. Let me reflect on the Harvey Weinstein case. The day we were going to pick the jury in the Harvey Weinstein case, on the cover of every newspaper, on the the lead on all of your apps, on your phones, it was all about the fact that Harvey had just gotten indicted in Los Angeles. So you're sitting there trying to talk to jurors about being fair and impartial in the New York case, and they're sitting on top of a cover of a New York Post or a New York Daily News with the client who's sitting at the table that they're looking at with the words indicted on it. Harvey Weinstein indicted for more uh, charges, et cetera, et cetera, in Los Angeles. We asked for an adjournment, just one week. I said, can we just have a, a, a settling down period? No, 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 we're going to go forward. Oh, okay, I'm glad we're going to go forward under these. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me use my cough button. Under these rather unique. Oh, I used my cough button. How'd I do, Sam Molino? That sounded pretty good. Once I realized it was there. Um, I mean, so those were very unique position, uh, a position for us to be in. You have a client sitting at a table. You're looking at 20 potential jurors asking them if they can be fair and impartial while they're sitting in a jury room waiting to get called in with the same client's face all over the place saying indicted L.A. jury on same count, on the same kind of counts. Very hard to get a fair trial. Um, Donald Trump, just do the math. Um, again, I'll have the, the facts for you tomorrow, but I think it was like 87 and change percent of the island of Manhattan voted for Joe Biden. So what's the likelihood of, and and the difference between Donald Trump and Mitt Romney, and Donald Trump and either of the Bushes, is he brings out this passion in people. People didn't like George H.W. Bush. People didn't like George W. Bush. People go nuts with Trump, the Trump derangement syndrome. Now, maybe that's well-deserved. That's your opinion. I'm not going to go down that road. But you get two or three of those people on the jury who mask themselves. You know, go back to the Harvey Weinstein. Um, Joan, what's her name? Uh, B.B. Halle, the supermodel. Yeah, yes. They're two sisters. Um, The last name is Halle. Yes. 
Um, I forget what her first name is. Is it B-B-B-E-B? Is it Bella Hadid? Yeah. Uh, is that who it is? I don't know. Whatever. The bottom line was, there's, so I'm sitting at the table, and I have Donna Rotuno on my right, and I have um, Diana, Fabi Sampson on my left. And, and well, what is it? No, that's not what I'm talking about, Joe. Um, anyway, they she comes in and they're like, There she is, they should I go, Who is she? They're like, she's a supermodel. Now, she did not look like a supermodel. Cindy Crawford walks into the room, Carol Alt walks into the room, you know it's a supermodel. This did not look like a supermodel. Um at least not to me. Beauty's in the eye of the beholders. But she comes in and we interview her individually, and she's talking to me. Um, she's talking about how fair she could be, and this is a oh, absolutely. I can, I'm not going to hold anything against Mr. Weinstein. And well, well, he said, well, what about if you're going to rule to acquit him, and um, uh, if you rule to acquit him, and then you have to go back into the Hollywood world or the L.A. world? How, oh, that's fine, that's fine. We all decided, both sides, to dismiss her, and from from the, being a potential juror. Soon as she goes outside, she tweets something real nasty about Weinstein. I. Bella Hadid, thank you. Um, she tweets something real nasty about Weinstein, which obviously she was masking her true feelings just to get on the jury, just to convict him. And if you think that something like that will not um, occur in, in a Trump trial, you have to be kidding yourself. Now, there's no ne- it's not necessarily going to go to trial. 90 some odd percent of cases in that and and a high 90% like not like 90.01 like like 94 something like that percentages of the cases in that courthouse and and I think in New York City do not do not go to trial they are resolved one way or the other a small percentage of them get dismissed vast majority of them get reduced and people plead guilty to lesser charges um so if you're just playing the odds there's a, a high likelihood that this case will be resolved. And it could be resolved. It could be resolved with uh, a, you know, a misdemeanor and a fine. And I think that's such a win for Donald Trump. It proves to everyone that he was, he proves, let's see, I was right. It was a witch hunt. It was a witch hunt. This guy said he was going to come after me and he did and he couldn't find any real case. And he found this little patootie case. He doesn't sue. He doesn't prosecute the woman who tried to blackmail me and or, or did blackmail me or extorted me. No. Um, now that's one version of the story. Another version of the story that, that, uh, Michael Cohen put out there at some point was, um, Donald Trump never even knew about this till after the fact. So it depends on who you believe. But um, if let's just say they work out a misdemeanor, which is a low level crime and a fine and even like a day of community service, Trump would love that. He would love it, love it, love it, love it. And he would run for president of the United States. He gets so much free publicity and say, look, here I am. I'm the underdog. I'm one of you. Yeah, I happen to be a billionaire. I happen to own hundreds of buildings and dozens of golf courses, but I'm one of you. What they did to me, they could do to you. So if you don't want, if you want someone to stand up for you and not have them do to you what they've done to me, vote for me. I'm the guy to stand up for the little guy because now I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be processed. I know what it's like to be fingerprints, have your fingers taken, to have that 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 feeling of your of your liberty being at 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 risk. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, Alvin Bragg goes from being the hero of Manhattan to 
<laughs> maybe the most hated guy in Manhattan if this helps Donald Trump. So let's end on a high note on a Thursday night at 6.55 in New York City. Um, I, I believe I'm going to do a quick hit now on Newsmax TV. Then they want me to run over to Trump Tower to do a Channel 11 pre-tape. Um, and then I'm supposed to go back and do, I don't even know, I'm doing something. Oh, no, no, I'm not. Oh, yes. So anyway, it's all about, it's been a lot about Trump for the last show. I'm sorry. What can I tell you? Although I do get, I did get a lot of compliments, especially from um, Jerry Crowley, the general manager, Sam Bellino. We did good with him. Um, That's nice. It's always nice to please him. Real quick, compliments to New York City. I got on the D train around 12.20, got up, zipped up. It was a little crowded, but as it should be, a bunch of Yankee fans got out there, did use the clear line, got into the stadium at 102, got on the elevator, went upstairs. There were my boys. We went to the, um, uh, you know, we were, we went right to the uh, our seats, which are wonderful seats, all the way up high, section 315. And um, we got to watch the first pitch. We watched Cole walk the first guy, but then wound up striking out the side. There's this new pitch clock that, that's up on the board. I think when no one's on base, I think they have 15 seconds to throw. If someone is on base, they have either 20 or 30 seconds to throw. Um, they're only allowed to throw over the first. I think if on the third time they don't catch you, the guy automatically advances to second. They're really trying to speed up the game, and the game was sped up. But the highlight was the first time Aaron Judge gets up to bat, um, he batted second. Luca did almost a perfect batting order last night. He almost had it all, and he guessed. And what round, the reality today, he was very, very close. So congratulations, Luca. He also predicted the Nets would win. They were losing the whole game last night, and then they won with two minutes left. They took the lead. And today, when Aaron Judge came up, I believe it was the second pitch, bang, right over the center field wall. So it was great. Um, it was a great day. Then I jumped on the four train, came back, jumped into Grand Central, caught a quick shoe shine in there, came to the office, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show as much as I did. Stay tuned if you want to. Put on Newsmax. I think actually my hit time is 9. Put on WPIX. Tomorrow morning, put on Fox 5. And listen to Piscopo at 7.05. See you tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.